Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. For some reason, I, I played some trials. Um, and uh, the weed put me in the reserve trials. And yep. uh, and then I remember one particular, I've been playing Woodville at Richmond. He took me out of the reserve trial and put me, um, set me on the bench for, for the agro trial. And uh, and then uh, I started, as I say, I started the first four games in the reserves. And then I must have must have been playing all right. And Big Aldo Russian was a ruckman. Oh, four. yeah. yeah Big Aldo. And, uh, yep. Yeah. And... Uh, but I remember walking off training one Thursday night um, and he, it, we came up and said to me, his words were, better shine your boots up. Uh, you're in the O-grade this week. So it was a complete shock to me. I, I had no idea I was even considered or playing well enough to play in the league side. And, uh, and it just happened to be Ports at Albert. When uh, when you were given that I- that information, uh, what were your first thoughts uh, as a young fella? <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's very thing. I it sort of didn't really sink in. I thought, well, you know, selection hadn't been made um, at that particular stage, and uh, but then uh, later on that night, um, the the press turned up. At uh, I was staying with a lady, a legend of the club, the late Jeannie Luke. Um, and, and number six, Mallon Street at Hilton there, right behind the Hilton Hotel on South Road. And, fair, uh, memory, fair memory there, Dexter. Well yeah, played. yeah. Uh, Jenny, Jenny was actually, uh, and her husband, Donnie, were actually reporting us to people. But right. uh, So the, uh, no, I didn't know that at the time when I moved down. So, But, uh, yeah, the, the press turned up, took a photograph of myself and Donnie together and uh, was in the advertiser. Oh, that's right. Also, next morning I, went, uh, I arranged to meet um, uh, Lindsay Head. In, in Goodyear Street, there's another photograph. And then yeah. I realised, well, hang on a sec, I've got to play A-grade tomorrow. So all, and, you know, driving down there on the day, you obviously get very, very nervous. And, and you look around, particularly at the Port Adelaide boys, you know, a lot of them were my heroes growing up. Yep. You know, like Jack, Jack Cahill and all those, you know, yep. those sorts of players um, were, were playing. And I thought, you know, all of a sudden, two or three years ago, I was worshipping the ground they walked on. And yeah. then I'm, I'm in opposition to them. So... Yeah, it was uh, all happened very quickly, and uh, it was quite surreal, really. Bit of a baptism of fire there uh, at, oh, at, at yeah, Albany. It, it was. It's quite interesting because we, we were we were fairly competitive for most of the game. 
Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete once again, joined by Malcolm and uh, Dexter there talking about his first game. And we were only just mentioning it before we came on air that he's only 15 years old playing a league game. On how good was his memory to quote addresses and all that from back then? Yes. A fair effort. Like, no, nah, Dexter was great. And it was a, you know, an eye opener. Because it's going back a bit further, a bit older than what we are mm-hmm. in terms of that time. And yes, I, I remember Dexter and that obviously, but not when he debuted. I admit that. Yep. Um, I knew he was the youngest league debut and that sort of thing. But yeah, it was a great to learn a lot more about, back about those times as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I obviously knew Dexter, the name Dexter myself. Yeah. Personally, from the '84 Grand Final, which is one of my all-time favourites. Yes, but um, you know his record at West Adelaide is just amazing. When you when we were talking about it uh, last week, yeah, and look, I I think he probably the first to admit that with his athleticism and that he maybe could have done a little bit more. But geez, he was nice and unlucky to go over twice and not get cleared to VFL mm. sites. And so, as okay. always, what ifs? Yep, yep. sliding door moments. Yep, absolutely. We thank Dexter for his time. Definitely. Around the Grounds. Today, mate, we're going to have a uh, look at the horse racing, some AFLW, the Rugby League. Our special guest for tonight is uh, none other than Neil Balm. But we'll get started with the AFL. Uh, Week one of the finals is complete, but before we go on to that... Tribunal decisions during the week that we've got to talk about right off the top. Oh, we had we had to start with that. Look for mine, and look, I think we, I both, yep. you know, and both of us have made our feelings, and I'm very strong on concussion. Like you, you can't say on the show that we don't nope. treat concussion as a very serious. serious topic. We've had yep. three pe- three experts on at various times and that side of things. And look, let's sling tackle. And, and a bump have physicality in them. You you are trying to intimidate, hurt the opposition. Mm-hmm. Hey, yep. even when I was Bang. playing, that was that yep. was the, the the goal was to, you make that tackle stick and make and make it earn it. That's exactly yeah. right. So on that, yep. And we know football's got to change. Otherwise, there will be no football with litigation. Yep. And we we know all of that. And, and I'm really fearful what's to come. But, but. It was an attempted smother. The biomechanist was the one who got him off last night. Mm-hmm. He blew the AFL guy away. It was, honestly, he won by 50 goals. Yep. Read it. I followed the transcript really closely last night because I very much had made the point that I felt he had to get off for the good of football. Yep. And he buried the AFL. Now, you have got 0.056 of a second to decide, and people are trying to say he did it deliberately. No, he jumped. And... I was really glad that Kane Corns. Now Kane can go overboard, but we know it's to get clicks yep. on. But this he, this time he was dead, dead serious. serious. Yep. And he was getting really frustrated with Caro where she wouldn't listen and that and that. And so was Matty Lloyd. 
And I'm really glad that Kane pointed out that Brayshaw yet again left himself wide open. Um, and he doesn't turn to protect him. There's no basic instinct like you learn mm-hmm. as a real kid when you yes. first start playing footy at the age seven, eight, about turning. Yep. Where Brayshaw left himself wide open again. And I just think it was unlucky. Do I feel sorry for Brayshaw? Of course I do. Absolutely. Of course we do. But it was a footy accident. And move on. May I have to agree with you on every point there. Uh, I know initially when I first saw it, it did look a little bit nasty at the time as to how it eventuated. But when you look back at it being a a true football collision, um, really did make the point in the end. And like you said, the biomechanics biomechanics expert uh, did come along and explain that. Now oh, he blew the guy. He blew Andrew Woods out of the. If only uh, some Adelaide supporters would like that for Andrew McLeod uh, a few years back there that maybe may have made a little bit of a difference, but you're right. It's interesting that you have noted there that Brayshaw didn't protect himself yet. Maynard did protect himself after he knew knew that he was going to to make contact with Brayshaw. He had no alternative. He turned and braced. He did exactly what you should do. Um, Out of that, look, I think... um, Martin for Carlton is probably slightly lucky that it went down from two to one. Yep. But on the gradings reading it, both myself and and another person who does the tribunals mm-hmm. and that, um, both of us were, yeah, it's borderline. Yep. I, I wasn't surprised it went down to one. Yep. Um, Maynard was probably reckless. So was um, Martin from, from Carlton as well. I was surprised that the <laughs> AFL never took issue with the, the Maynard one? Uh, I think Maynard, in the end, that common sense occurred. I, as a football person, extremely worried about Laura Kane. For mine, came in and is trying too hard. She's coming to the job and is trying to put an imprint. Relax. Just let it happen. Let it evolve. And yep. I'm sorry. I, I did speak to a, a female administrator who I respect greatly who made the point she doesn't get interfere with things she doesn't understand, is not an expert at, mm-hmm. delegates that side of it, yep. observes, involved fully in areas where yep. she's her expertise. Okay. Laura Kane's a lawyer, for goodness sake. Wow. Today, to try to say, oh, we'll make changes so there will change for next year. Just relax. The old, line, the old term, pull your head in. Yep. Oh, fair call. Uh, you know, we can't change all of these things at once because yeah. there has been, as we've noted this year, just this year, there's been a lot more grey than there has been black or white. Uh, pardon the pun for Collingwood supporters or Port Adelaide supporters out there. But, you know, it's very interesting that you've got to let the game evolve to understand what these issues are. And, and um, the Scott that was involved with the AFL um for the last couple of years. Yeah, Brad. Brad Scott, sorry. I, I knew it was one of the two brothers. Um, you know, he wasn't trying to make too much of an evolution in his, you know, yeah. uh, a short space of time. So let's just see how that one plays out. But uh, let's get on to the field, mate. A uh, couple of cracking finals last week uh, in Collingwood and Melbourne. Oh, look, Melbourne should have won in terms of their inside 50s, all that side of things. But the Collingwood defence was fantastic. Look, they... It, Picking um, Noble in front of uh, picking Markov in front of Noble was yes. a surprise, but it panned th- out. They performed as a back six and were brilliant. I just think 
Melbourne at times too, their ball movement was too slow, put it in the air. Why not kick it to a space? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you've got Pickett, you've got Fritch, try that. Yep. And I, th- I, just I thought, totally agree that they telegraphed a little yeah, bit too just, much at times. Yeah, and just move it quick. Play a bit of chaos ball. Is that a case of Melbourne missing a few forwards that has sort of created that little bit of predictability rather than unpredictability? Petty and um, Melsham getting injured has been absolutely vital. Harrison Petty, and it's funny because at Nord, we considered him more of a forward than a backman. Yep. Then he's gone over and played mainly down back. Goes forward, kicks six. Another game had another impact yep. where he went late, kicked a couple, yep. and looked like, hey, he could be the one. And mm-hmm. we were all hoping that as uh, Nord people. Yep. Um, and then get gets injured. So, yeah, they look just a bit down and out in terms of their injuries mm-hmm. up forward. But if you get that much of the ball in your inside, even just get it, get it to ground, boot it in quick, get it to ground. I did note that uh, Matty Lloyd was talking about on one of the footy shows uh, during the week that uh, Gorn's kicking a little bit too much at the moment, should be handing off to a Petrarca. I know it's a split-second thing, and I know Max is trying to get that ball going forward, but Collingwood were just picking him off left, right and centre, weren't they? Yeah, I think in that, they didn't give it and run and carry that 5-10 to to get it over a line. I thought they they were just too obvious. Yep. Yep, made it very easy to set up against. Uh, they're going to have to change it pretty quickly because they've got another match this week, and we'll talk about that one in a minute. Carlton and Sydney. This was a bit of a closer than expected. Yes, do it. Sort of went back and forth quite a bit, didn't it? Oh, look, and McCartan. Look, I thought was ridiculously lucky to play. I think you know, I thought that was fast call that he got off the McCartan one, mm-hmm. but lucky to play. Beat Kerno, and so. And then Mackay's missed two goals from a combination of of seven metres. That's not. It's a fair effort. That it's missing less than from you and I are away. It's about. It was. It was crazy. It was crazy. Under tens miss from yeah. that, that close. But. And so that they were probably a little bit lucky. Blake Acres was fantastic for Carlton. Yep. Walsh. Walsh has had an average year with injury and that. But he may have hit the finals running. So. Well, and we've talked about this previously, that you've only got to have a month of yeah. pretty good football. And Carlton have been on that sort of train for the last month and a half. Um, and they uh, showed it against uh, Sydney. But again, bad goal kicking costs games. I mean, oh. Sydney kicking nine goals, 14, really did cost them. Yeah, and look, every game, Melbourne's goal kicking, Port's goal kicking, particularly in the first half, like... Typical Port supporters, it's you know Hinkley's fault. Well, Port missed six set shots yep. from under thirty meters in the first out in the first half. Now yep. yeah, it was just crazy. Absolutely, we'll talk about that one yep. in a minute. We'll yep. move on. Uh, the Giants. Uh, I've been a big, big supporter of them this year. I've been impressed with what they've been able to do, and they really did grind out a very, very good win against uh, St Kilda. Well, I thought of all the four games, their ball movement was classier. Than any anyone else you see, but you're watching. Not sure whether St Kilda not being quite as good. Mm-hmm. You know, we we all thought all along they're probably finishing high, and they should. And look, St Kilda can be set, predictable at times too, and not an easy build up for the Saints players. We we don't really want to go any further than that yes. with it, but not an easy build up at Hubbard State. The call to hurry up, and meet up, yep. if something's happened, yep. and yeah, so it wasn't. It wasn't a good building. No, and, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah. and like we said, St Kilda, as far as talent-wise, you know, they've got some talent, but we 
didn't necessarily see them making the top eight. So Ross Lyon's done a very, very oh, good job. I think he's done a fantastic job. With what he's had available oh, at times throughout the year. Sensational job because I think their last few picked are probably lucky to be on a list on some of them and they're playing regularly. So I, I thought St Kilda, Absolutely. where they finished was, yeah. And GWS, conversely, um, you know, new coach, uh, new style, but sort of tapped into a little bit of the old style, and they look like they've got their mojo back. Yeah, and look, I think we thought, oh, they've lost Taranto, lost Hopper. Is that going to expose them in the midfield? Well, they've kept swapping them over with draft choice, so Green's come forward a bit more. Uh, we knew Green was good, but yes. he's probably just had that bit more and more time as the, as the key inside. The guy, yep. Kelly still hurts on the outside. Yeah, Kelly's all class. Mm-hmm. Whitfield's come back. Like, he had an average, you know, he looked... Like he was going to be probably the best running wingman, halfback, yep. receiver, run, class, carry yep. in the comp. Probably fell away with injuries and, you know, off-field problems as well. You know, he went, turned up at someone's house to avoid a, a test, yep. as we know. Yes. Let's probably leave that one away a bit, yep. a bit more as well. Um, has come back. O'Halloran in the midfield as well. So, yeah, look, they were good and they're, they're a big, they're a chance, but... I reckon Port match up all right. Port have won their past two games against them both times yep. by over eight goals. They've won pretty easy. So yeah. Finals are a different thing. And yeah. The pressure is a little bit oh. on Port Adelaide this weekend Jeez, playing at home as well. Few, but they miss a few early. Good absolutely, luck. yeah. Kingsley doing a fantastic job there with the Giants. And isn't it funny how sometimes you can lose a couple of very, very good players and yet Opens everybody up steps opportunities. up and opportunities and away they go and they've – Proved it this year. Well, Hogan's, you know, been a bit of an enigma after that first bit at Melbourne. Then Freo hasn't really, but he's put a, probably his best block together of six to eight weeks of consistently really and good And he's footing. looked very, very good. Um, and Port probably haven't got a great matchup for him, especially, you know, McKenzie, we're going to wait and see how the, the pain injections work mm-hmm. for him. Um him and Alir Alir both carrying injuries, so yeah, it's not ideal and going McCarty's into the looks okay up forward for GWS yep. as well. So yeah, and then we move on to the the game that we'll cover for most of our um, listeners, uh, being predominantly South Australian, but we do have yep. some interstate and overseas listeners. Oh, those American, there's a few GWS amongst our American supporters. Absolutely, yeah, uh, the Brisbane Lions uh, really getting a hold of Port Adelaide and. 48 points in the end probably flattered the Lions, uh, sorry, Port Adelaide a little bit at times. If Port Adelaide had kicked straight, it probably would have been a bit closer. So it's very Look, I thought Port should have been up at half time. The amount of quality play they had and good looks and good chances, they probably should have been in front at half time. Then it's a different game. Look, but, you know, Marshall's kicking for goal. Is it caused by a hip injury? Port have hinted at that. So he mightn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, him. Finlandson, Rioli. Ollie Lord played brilliantly. He did a I great thought, job on Andrews. Yes. You know, kick four and, and kept cut him. it and cut Andrews down to nothing. Yes. So if you'd said that for the game, you would have thought, oh, geez, there would be the big chance here. So yep. um, I was disappointed with Charlie Cameron playing for free kicks too much. Just guff the ball, Charlie. You do that sort of thing. As we know, Ginevan. Has cooked his own goose at Melbourne with his uh, at Collingwood with his ducking the head. Now he should have got one when he came on late. Yes, but umpires have well, wised up a little human, bit to it, yeah. and it's human reaction. Yep. Well, Charlie's going to Charlie. I, I can tell you now, as an umpire, that would have been discussed at training this week amongst guys. Geez, Charlie Cameron was a bit of a dick, you know, and all that. Yep. 
It's human nature. Yep. It was dumb. No, fair call. All right, we move on to this week's semi-finals. Melbourne v Carlton. This one's going to be a belter. It will. I, I I reckon we always get a little bit seduced with who wins the first week and dismiss who, dismisses who lost. Yep. I oh, Look, I think this could really go either way. And if, if Melbourne make use of their opportunity, their balls they'll get, yeah, they should win. But it's a toss the coin. I'm going to go for the Ds, but with no confidence, obviously. Yeah, well, I'm going to go for Carlton, but with no confidence yeah. myself. Yeah. Uh, I think Carlton are just playing that little bit of chaos ball a little bit better than they have been, certainly through the beginning part of the year. They try to be a little bit too perfect, whereas now they've yeah. embraced that, which is, I suppose, it's come a little bit from the Richmond style of of play, where they do embrace that uh, the, the imperfections. Um, but you're right, I can't split these two at the moment on the basis that if if Charlie gets his nose in front and really gets off to a flyer, they're away. Yeah, and I. I think if he roams around the ground, that actually uh, won't hurt Carlton because it doesn't. It means May can't won't go with him and that. So I actually don't think that hurts. I was really too glad. I can't remember which show I was watching. Let's be honest, there's eight million footy shows, so you get them mixed up. <laughs> yep. But it pointed out Blake Aker's unselfish running. Yes. Not only the touching the couple of balls in the goal square, but one at the other end where he created perceived pressure and Cottrell got a goal out of it. The the uh, the Mitch Carroll twin. We are questioning Sonia Carroll if she did whiz over to Melbourne at one stage. Yep, fair um, call. And that, so that's a bit of a joke amongst the Nord fraternity. Yep. Um, and so out of that, look, toss the coin. Yep. It really is. Absolutely. And then we move on to the Saturday night game at Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide v GWS. Or uh, as Kelly Underwood, the orange team, the, the informed <laughs> one. Um, look, again, if Port kick straight, I think they'll win. But DWS's ball use, you could see Hogan posing port troubles. You'd think Drew would go to Kelly, you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Green, whether he can get, whether Port's someone. And I think Port have also played themselves into a bit of a corner that, correctly, they want to use Butters, um, Horn France, or some Rosie on the ball. Well, Ollie Wines has gone to a wing. Well, Ollie Wines is much for wingmen as you or me, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think Porter are a bit out of sync there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, whether they therefore try to play Horn Francis more on a wing mm-hmm. and let him run and that as well. Or, or you know, so I, th- I don't know. Porter question marks. Port Adelaide Port. for me, a lot of things have got to go right for them. I know they're at home, and I know that the 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 crowd are going to be absolutely pro Port Adelaide. Totally get that for yeah. sure. For me, there's just a lot of things that have got to go right for Port, which did go right for them throughout the year where they did string together, you know, 12, 13 wins in a row. But, you know, as far as the top eight team, I just, top eight teams, I just – things have to go right for them. Yeah, a, bit not, like, a bit like St Kilda, yeah. things had to go right for them for them to advance. And I just sort of feel that way a little bit with Port Adelaide at the moment as well. Yeah, and I understand exactly there. And you know, let's be honest, those 13 wins in a row, they were, did fall in a couple like the – Extraordinary result with the uh, Sydney game where Aaliyah touched it. Where, you know, that goes a half a yard longer they miss. Yes. They don't win that game. Same with the Eston game the other way round, round where Houston kicks the goal 
or at Jasco. So it, it is sad, to quote John Griffin, yes, it's a fine, fine line between pleasure and Absolutely. pain. Griff would have been worried if I hadn't said that. <laughs> Fair call. Uh, yeah, so for me, I mean, look, I'm still going to back Port Adelaide because it is yeah. their home game. I'm, again, going to say I'm quite impressed with GWS this yeah. year. They're a hard team to play against. Like you said earlier, their last two matches that they've played, they've won by an average of seven or eight goals. But you know, finals do funny things to people. Oh, look, if if GWS get on top early, that Port crowd, and we'll you know, t- they make some errors, they'll we'll lead them alive. Yep. So, you know, out of that, I do give GWS a chance. But, yeah, I'll tip Port. Port Adelaide, fickle. All right, let's move on to the SNFL. Some qualifying finals this week between Sturt and the Bulldogs. And for three quarters, this was an absolute belting game. Yeah, and it was. I, you know, I was standing with the Centrals, uh, with Greg Smith, that we previously had on the show, yes. with Smithy and a few of the Centrals guys there. And, yeah, I thought it was going to go to the wire, but Sturt's pressure in that last quarter was fantastic. Um, their tackling was just first rate in that last quarter. And, yeah, so it was a bit of, it was an anticlimactic finish, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, Central's doing very, very well to get this far. Um, start of the season, we weren't quite sure what yeah. to make of Central's, and they've unearthed some talent out there. But Sturt, Marty Matner, once again, you know, really uh, has them firing at the right time of the year. And like you said, Central's is a club too. Dude. Let's praise them yes. there with all four grades. You you had their 18s, uh, 18s and 16s highest finish uh, for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. The 16s in the grand final this Saturday. Yep. Uh, Sunday, I'll certainly go quarter past nine start. Mm-hmm. So I'll be I'll be there early. Probably go and look for Shane Edwards and say hello there. Yes. Um, and their women's uh, program yeah, winning, for, winning winning the, the flag f- under Ben Hunt. Yep. And Shelby caught it. You know, I've met Shelby now a couple of times with Smithy in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so as a club, very on the fantastic move. improvement. You know, Harry Grant wins the. I know we've got yep. that on later. We do yes. Yep. Um, yeah, so they've had a great year overall. Um, I look crows wise. I'm just really disappointed that I, I, I was. I've been trying to find out and haven't managed to whether. Matt Crouch made himself unavailable and the Crows made him unavailable. Now, Matt Crouch has played, I think it's 16. It's around there. SNFL games during the year. Mm -hmm. Now, I would have thought, yes, I get him not playing the first week when he hasn't signed a contract, may have got traded, so he doesn't want to risk injury. Yeah, we get that. 100%. But once he signed for Adelaide by that next week, I, I would have gone, hey, boys, I'm in. Let's win the flag. Flags do not grow on trees. Yep. Um, I admit, Nathan Van Berlo, 2017, I caught up with VB because I watched that pre- that game, the prelim final between Sturt and the Crows, and it's still to this day the most bizarre game of football I've ever watched. And I rang Mark Evans the next day because Mark had gone from Nord, Nord to Sturt. Yep. said, Evo, what's it like on the ground? It was crazy. I, I didn't understand it either. Crows just didn't seem to care. Yep. Um, and got up with VB. I said, it was a lack of respect for you in your last game. But more importantly, it was a lack of respect to the competition. And he said, Malcolm, I'd love to argue with you, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sorry. That's how I feel about Matt Crouch as well. Yep. Um, if the Crows want to be respected, and don't, and Porter know better with Lysett the week before yep. where he went off. And I, I ran into a Port supporter. He said, that's it. I'll never go again after after we've done that. 
So respect the competition. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, we've I known, get we've it known, that you AFL teams yes, first. Yep. But I thought it was crazy because for mine, Lysette needed the run. And I still thought that showed out last Sunday. He was competitive, but he, he still needed a gallop and he, he ran, ran out, out of juice. puff. Yep. And so they wasted a chance to get some more mileage into him. And Matt Crouch, the Crows have finished. Let's win a flag, boys. Mm-hmm. Well, I can show, I can assure you Mickey Gordon is talking oh. and thinking that way. And Well, deep down, I reckon he'd be he'd be shattered that I haven't got my best side out there. Yep. And the Crows were Crows were competitive, especially in the first half against Glenelg. Well, if you've got that 30 times where Matt Crouch has got the ball and the ball's going your way, well, mm-hmm. guess what? The opposition aren't scoring. Absolutely. Uh, we were going to talk about that yeah. one. Glenelg getting on top of Adelaide in that match there. Um with a seesawing clash early it on. It was, but... and I want to have a crack at Corey Bowen. Corey Bowen, as an umpire, made an error, the, an error of law the week before. I could not believe he got appointed to a game on the weekend. Now, the Crows were 14 points up in the second quarter, mm-hmm. and he misread a play in terms of he was so insistent at getting the Crows guy on the mark correctly that he he's a lack of awareness. It was a lack of tunnel vision. Crow's guy had actually gone to the correct spot, Cook. He should have looked and called play on when the Crow's guy belted off. He actually gave the man on the mark, the infringing player, yes. the benefit where it shouldn't be. And it should have been a goal, and that would have put the Crow's 20 points up. Um, and yet again, it was a poor call by Corey Bowen. Fair call. Uh, yep, no fair call. Um, yeah, it's something that uh, we've talked about. Previously in positionings and yeah. some uh, some re-education that needs to happen. We'll see how we go with that. But we move on to the prelim final. Um, Sturt v Adelaide. This one here promises to be a belter. Should be a good game. Look, I fancy Sturt. I, I fancy Sturt last time when they played. Especially when watching you know, tonight just before we came on air. It, it sounds like Strawn won't play. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon you get away a bit with makeshift Ruckman for a week or two. Mm-hmm. But uh, ball ace will go in that bit sore because your body's not used to that collision as a ruckman, yep. the pounding you get. And he'll go in that bit sore. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll tip Sturt. No, fair call. I might go with Sturt on this one as well. I think Adelaide have been pretty brave with some of their top-up players this year and, and some of their AFL non-players uh, playing in the uh, SNFL, really holding that team up and... and Really going to the structure of what I Mickey Gordon has also, wanted. They've also been a lesson. There's some players there that can play. That, that will be uh, Matthews was gone back to has gone to Sturt, who was a top up player, kicked a couple of vital goals for Sturt in the first one. But O'Loughlin, Templeton, all look like they should be playing league football. So I think it's a bit of a lesson for every club out mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the tennis. U.S. Open c- concluded um, on the weekend. We have uh, one new champion and yeah. one familiar one yeah. familiar name. Uh, we'll start off with the women's. Coco Goff comes from a set down against Sabalinka. Uh, 6-2 uh, in the first set she was down and then came home strong with a 6-3, 6-2 victory. Yeah, no. Well done, Coco Pops. Absolutely. Um, um, fantastic yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, you know, been on the tour now for a couple of years as a very young player. Um, expected probably a little bit too much of her early, early on. But I think now she's coming into she her own. She might now be about to burst burst on and be the consistent player that I think we all thought, thought she was going to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then we move on to the men's singles. Uh, Novak Djokovic again absolutely 
doing a number on uh, Dan- oh, Daniel Med- Medvedev. Medvedev. Look, he's not my cup of tea, Djokovic. I, I make that clear. I don't agree with what he's but done. But what an athlete. All that. But what as an a athlete. tennis player, massive respect, athlete. Yeah, he's it. Yeah, he's now certainly got claims to be the best tennis player ever. So. Well, it's going to be an interesting argument yeah. because a lot of people are still in the uh, um, Nadal and Federer. Yeah, I know. But I think but, that's more of a personality yeah. thing. So totally get it. Understandable. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mate, we're going to take a very, very quick break. Uh, when we come back, we've got the horse racing, AFLW, the uh, NRL rugby finals, and we're going to talk to Neil Baum. Yep. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Horse racing, mate. Uh, Nature Strip announces, well, the owners of Nature Strip in the horse racing uh, announced his retirement uh, with an almost unbeatable sprint journey. He's won three TJ Smith stakes in 2021, 21, 22. Uh, the 2021 Everest went to Royal Ascot. As retired as twenty two of his twenty four, sorry, twenty two of his forty four starts, with nine minor placings, with a uh, earnings prize money of twenty point seven million dollars. Geez, wouldn't you like to have a share? I was thinking exactly that term. Yes, yes. Look, yeah, absolute champion and bastards who own him. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, we're obviously coming up on the the spring carnival, yep. so we thought we'd chuck in a little yep. bit of horse racing there for anyone who might be interested. You never know. All right, we move on to AFLW. Round two was complete. Um, Adelaide getting over Richmond uh, and Daniel Ponta kicking one of the goals of the century so far. It had to get a mention, well and truly. It was a little bit shade similar to uh, the late uh, Jeff Ferring's goal for St Kilda, which we've seen on the Sensational 70s. Yes. Of course, Jeff 1982 Nord Premiership Ruckman. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a booming kick too, wasn't it? Abbott Point, yeah, we just got on and just kept going and it just got, just carried that first thing and then bounced, got the perfect bounce. It was a fair bounce. It was Jeff Thompson, you know, yes. at his best yep. over the bear and then through, yeah, it was, I admit, I was at the Paynham Tavern at uh, last Friday night at that stage mm-hmm. and, uh, there weren't many of us there, but we did uh, we did make a bit of a noise there. Absolutely. Uh, Crows winning by 29 points yep. at Icon Park there, or um, the old Princess Park for uh, for uh, some of our older listeners. Um, Adelaide just doing what they need to do at the moment and playing some very, very good football, even though they've lost a few over the last couple of years. Yeah, and probably moved their players around, around and it's it's working. If another injury with Allen hurting uh, a hammy and... Going to miss, miss a few, which is um, joins the other Alan yes. as well, yep. and, and that. So don't both of them with hamstrings. Um, yeah, it's a bit costly, but yeah. So they play Eston this course, Eston this week at Unley on. Saturday. Yes, I didn't make note of that yep. as well. Uh, the Suns defeating West Coast Eagles by seventy three points. Um, we've got uh, Geelong defeating Sydney by twenty seven points. Uh, Hawthorne defeating the Western Bulldogs by seven points. Collingwood defeating Fremantle by 21 points. North Melbourne uh, absolutely taking Carlton to the cleaners by 60 points. Um, uh, Essendon defeating uh, St Kilda. Uh, Melbourne defeating GWS by 77 points. And the Brisbane Lions defeating Port Adelaide. Yeah, pretty convincing in that game too, really. They probably rebounded. That was... They were probably the biggest surprise From in round, round one. one. Yep. 
and certainly rebounded pretty strongly and, yeah, we're just way too good for Port. All right, moving on to round three. Uh, we'll just quickly look at the Adelaide teams this week. Uh, as you mentioned, um, Adelaide v Essendon. Yeah, I'll go for Adelaide again. It's at at you know, at one home of their two home grounds. Yes, um, and that. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go for Adelaide. And Port Adelaide uh, heading over to Melbourne there to play St Kilda down at Moravan. There's probably a chance in that game. St Kilda have, haven't been overly convincing either and lost Shearlaw and a couple of players from last year. So I give Port a, Port a fair chance in that game. You probably still got to tip St Kilda, but it's, I think that's tossed the coin. Absolutely. I reckon the two games of the round so far for me would be Adelaide v Essendon, third v fifth, and uh, North Melbourne v the Cats, first v fourth. So yeah. got some ladder... Shaping, shaping game. Uh, game. So it'll be yep. interesting to report back on that next yep. week. All right, let's move on quickly to the NRL finals. Uh, the Storm, unfortunately, yeah. did not do anything no. like we thought they were going to do no. with the Broncos defeating them 26-zip. Yeah, they weren't even competitive. Yeah, they were They were uh, court marsh bowl lily, no score. They were. And, uh, you know, look, they finished in a position that does give them a double chance. I'm assuming that they're going to come out absolutely breathing fire mm. this weekend. So we'll see how we go. Uh, the Panthers, as we thought, uh, would beat the Warriors. Uh, the Sharks defeating uh, – sorry, losing to the Roosters by a point. And uh, the Raiders losing to the Knights by a couple of points there. So a couple of close games and a couple of blowouts Blowout, as well. Yeah. So it's interesting that the uh, the bottom four were the close ones and the top four were the blowouts. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be very interesting to see how that f- uh, plays out. So preliminary final, this uh, <laughs> sorry, semi-finals this week here. Uh, Melbourne Storm v the Sydney Roosters and the Newcastle Knights v the Warriors. Look, like the AFL, generally the team that finishes higher... Does rebound. Does rebound pretty well. I'm going to back both uh, the Melbourne Storm and the uh, Warriors this week. And, um, yeah, let's see how this one plays out because uh, I think the Storm are going to be ready and raring to go. Yeah. So no, it, it, uh, you'd expect them to rebound. If they don't, then it's, yeah, it's... Could be the end of an era, but yeah. we've made that mistake Stop. before yeah, where exactly. we thought it's the end of an era and it hasn't happened. So. Yep. All right, let's uh, take a very, very quick break. When we come back in our Past Players, Past Legends segment, we've got Neil Baum. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Past Players, Past Legends. Past Legends. And we tonight we are privileged to have Neil Baum on. Of course, nineteen seventy to nineteen seventy nine at Richmond, one hundred and fifty nine games, two hundred and twenty nine goals, dual premiership player in seventy two, seventy three. Uh, sorry, seventy three, seventy four. Uh, Barmy will shoot me for that mistake. Um, <laughs> in terms of that, look, I like this line from uh, Mike Sheen where. Mike says his reputation as an enforcer undermines his true worth as a player. Dual premiership Rutman Ford kicked 229 goals, including 55 and 72. Mike named Neil as number 16 of his top 50 Tigers. For me, that describes it pretty pretty well. Of course, uh, more importantly, 13 games for Nord, 22 goals. Dual premiership coach at the at Nord. Uh, great to have you on board, Barmy. 
Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be here, mate. And probably your most courageous thing, you uh, you survived the lift with me uh, back from Tanunda a couple of weeks ago, Barmy. So. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm not even going to go there on that one there. But, uh, mate, uh, obviously doing a little bit of research, I'm a mad Nord man myself, but um, you obviously want to be prepared for some of these interviews. And uh, born in Perth, mate, um, tell us your, your your time in Perth in your early days there for, junior, for some of your junior football. Oh, well, I, I loved playing footy. I played for Mount Pleasant in the old days, and they were the Tigers. Would you believe that? Oh, <laughs> and, they, yep. and then went to Wembley, and they were black and white. So uh, I've been everywhere. But um, And then I played for Subiaco. I was lucky enough as a 16-year-old to play a couple of games or four games for Subiaco as a 16-year-old when um, uh, Hayden Bunton was uh, coached there, and my first ever yeah, game yep. of senior footy was against Polly Bloody Farmer. So how do you reckon I went? Oh, uh, my males, you did it. You've always always been uh, played yourself down a bit on that one, Barmy, and I, I find that fascinating too. That okay, so you've played four games there as a kid, including doing doing quite well against Polly. Then you end up going. Your father gets transferred at his employment. To Victoria, let let uh, people in because probably everyone's not quite aware. Collingwood were making a play for your dad, but uh, let everyone know how Richmond convinced you to get you on board. They were a bit smarter about it, Barmy. Oh, they were very clever. As it turned out, we landed at Essendon Airport in those days on January the fourth, nineteen sixty nine, and uh, Richmond was there. Jack Dyer was there to meet us, along with Alan Schwab and uh, Graham Richmond and. I think Ronnie Carson was there too. We're neither here nor there, but um, uh, they, and they just came. We, there was no plan for that to happen, um, and so uh, both Ian and I uh, were we were the players, and we were very excited by the fact that they were there to meet us. And Collingwood had worked pretty hard on the old man to convince him that Collingwood was a good place to go to, but uh, I think they probably forgot about us a little bit. Um, but uh, Richmond were very clever. Um, because uh, Alan Swab said to both Ian and I after a few days in, he said, if uh, our boys are going to the Gold Coast next week for a pre-season trip, if you sign, you can come. <laughs> and we said, where do we sign? <laughs> yeah, I reckon that would have taken you all of about 0.01 of a second. You probably made made uh, the, the hullabaloo this week about Maynard's reaction time, parlour to significance, how you would have signed that form, Barmy. Oh, no, it was... Um, uh, we. We'd uh, we're from Perth. We'd just turned up to Melbourne. We'd never been on the Gold Coast. We thought this is not a bad place to go. So, yeah, it was we were pretty easy to get. I must admit, but that was a uh, it was the best decision we ever made to be uh, to be truthful. So, uh, uh, Richmond have been wonderful to me. Now on that, Pete, on that uh, end of season trip, let's just say a few of the Richmond older players might have thought we might be able to blow this young tyrant away on. Uh, the drinking stakes, and let's just say that uh, Barmy may have well and truly held his own in that regard, and uh, <laughs> a couple of them might have uh, might have pulled up, were quite surprised by how well the youngster did. So yes, yeah. Yes. Well, I, well, I wasn't allowed to drink in those yeah. days. No, of course so. not, Barmy. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, but I did have a couple, and I was actually pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, playing for Suviak at sixteen, we had Dexter Kennedy on last week, uh, playing at fifteen years yeah. of age. So. We're just finding all these players at the moment that have started their careers at such a young age. How how did you feel being told, look, you're going to be playing in the the seniors this week? Oh, I think it was just part of what we did. Um, 
I was, uh, you know, very proud of it and um, really happy with it. I played uh, reserves most of the year. and Even as a 16-year-old, I'd done okay. Um, as it turned out, my the coach who was at Wembley Athletic Club um, who coached the under-16s and under-18s, he, he went to coach uh, one of the junior teams at Subi and he encouraged me to come. But as soon as Hayden Button saw me, he said, I'll pull this bloke into the senior program. So I was very lucky, really, because I was... Um, I was still pretty skinny and pretty light, but I was a decent size. I could play okay, so um, uh, it wasn't probably all that unusual that they were trying to promote me for later on. And if if the old man hadn't have been transferred to Melbourne, I'd still be playing for Subi probably. But um, so who knows? But it was some. No, it was good fun. We really loved it. Yeah. And then obviously moving to, as you said, moving over to Melbourne and playing at Richmond. What was the process like going to a big club like Richmond at the time and? Forcing your way into their senior side. No, can I? I'm just going to butt in there, Pete. I, I find now nowadays, as we know, a kid gets drafted, they go and play, bang, they're there. It's quite extraordinary for Barmy. He's played senior football in Perth, ends up going to Richmond and plays under 19s. I, I think I, that's yeah, where yeah, I was alluding. Yep. Yeah, which I, I I find fascinating, Barmy, in that in that regard, and that you were then had you'd gone from seniors and then had almost the old-fashioned build-up after that, the other way sort of thing? Oh, well, we, yeah, we weren't sort of worried about that. It was, it was a bit of a difference between BFL footy and waffle footy in those days, but um, you know, quite a significant difference. In, not, not as not as big a difference as there is nowadays, but there was quite a difference. So I was more than happy to play under-19s. I mean, that was a really challenging uh, program in itself. I played under-19s and reserves in the first year and then in the second year I played some senior footy later on but I'd, I'd had some knee problems as well so no it was certainly um, I mean the fact that I played four senior games for Subi was almost you know out of the blue in a sense because I was only a kid it was really only because Bunt was um, you know trying to find a player I think but um, no it was a, I mean I was never um, put off by that I thought playing under 19s for Richmond was well, I played in the premiership team in 69 yeah. so I was very pleased with that yeah um and so then moving through the system and that and you're at a powerful club um you know with and that just describe that you know with Tom Hafey and the whole and Graham Richmond and We'll get onto the Graham Richmond negatives a bit later, but just more the positives at the start, and just being a, being at the Richmond Footy Club. And who took and who took you under their wing? Oh, they all did in their own way. It was, um, I mean, Slug Jordan was my coach in yeah. the nineties, and he was fantastic. We finished up bloody good friends uh, later on as well. He's a character. Yeah. Um, but Alan Schwab was a very good secretary. They, they all, you know, I mean, the players all took us under their wing as well. It was. Um, you know, it was even in those days was quite a, you know, they accepted you and they encouraged you to do well, and it was a bit bit more challenging, a bit more simple in do what you're bloody told to a degree. But um, it was still it was a damn good club. We really enjoyed it, and um, you know, I was I went to I did year twelve the first year I was there, so I was still a schoolboy. So <laughs> you know, I wasn't really part of the part of the plan in the sense, but. Um, Oh, it was good fun. They were a great club and uh, very challenging. Um, Tommy was very simple in the way he coached. Um, it was very much, yes. you know, put your head over the ball, try as hard as you can and kick it as long as you can and no finessing and all that sort of stuff. So it was a, it was a different time. But um, you know, 
the, I'm, I'm really good mates with a lot of the blokes I play with, you know, the whole time. So, you know, we were very lucky. Now, Barmy, let people out there, Martin, you were... Uh... You did try and change and get a little bit more. Let's kick to the fat side and a little bit more nous out of uh, out of Richmond and out of Tommy, but didn't have much success. Describe the uh, where you tried <laughs> no. to with uh, with the with Saint Francis and uh, that for uh, everyone, mate, because that's quite amusing. <laughs> yes, because um, I'm playing forward and we just kicked it long and all that sort of stuff and. And I, was, I sort of used to talk about it and look at it. I, I could see the game a little bit differently for some stupid reason. But um, I remember saying to Francis Burke, who was a wonderful player one, and still a really good friend and a lovely person, um, but he was very much in Tommy's, um, you know, corner. And uh, he, he just wanted to present what Tommy wanted. And I said to him one day, I said, you know, when you come streaming out of half-back the way you do, and you look down the field and you see me, I don't want you to kick it to me. But whatever side I am of my opponent, can you kick it to that side? It might make it easier for me to get the ball and kick a goal. And he looked at me for five seconds and thought, I'm sure he was thinking, what does Tommy want me to say? He said, that's as weak as piss. Get it, get it yourself. <laughs> Very high-tech footy back then, Barbie. <laughs> See ball, get ball, kick ball. And go through just – and look, okay, Barmy, and I don't want to – for mine – Everyone goes on about the physicality of Neil Barm and all that, but everyone's forgetting that the era, it's a completely different era back then. We've had enough controversy this week in general, but totally different. And every side had their physical players in it. And in that, I always think that everyone forgets a little bit of how good a player Neil Barm was because everyone only thinks of the physicality of the Jeff Southby. We see it every year, et cetera, et cetera, and that side of things, Barmy. Yes, well, it was it was a funny time because, um, I mean, the, I was talking to the Carlton blokes the other day because a bloke called yes, Dan Eddy yep. about, about the 72 and 73 grand finals. It was quite interesting. So I've had actually some time face-to-face with the, with the Carlton guys who – Actually, are quite, you know, we get on pretty well, to, to be fair. <laughs> um, but um, when you look back at it, it was um, I, I felt that I had to impose myself on the opposition um, because that that was, you know, that was the way I saw the game. And, and that's not really my nature. I'm not really an aggressive, nasty person. But as a player, I was. But I never did it as a. It was never never angry. It was just what I felt that I had to do. And funnily, the Carlton blokes say that the worst thing Carlton ever did was trade or transfer Ricky McLean to Richmond because yep. Ricky was he was man. He, he was, was a lunatic. Yep. And, I, yep. and I did sort of learn a fair bit from him. And they said the reason that that was the worst thing they ever did because he taught me to be an assassin, <laughs> which is a bit <laughs> cruel, <laughs> and it's probably true because. I mean, that, that was not necessarily my nature, but I felt that I was really, I needed to compete and I felt that our blokes needed us to impose ourselves on the opposition and we sort of got away with it. So, and you did, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a bit nasty. And when I look back at it, you think, oh, it probably wasn't the ideal thing to do. But I felt my emotional intelligence said, this is what I've got to do to impose <laughs> myself on the opposition. And so. didn't you have a bit of an amusing thing with your, with at least one of your kids, it might have been two, where uh, they're playing, you know, the grand finals, the, you know, the movie grand final marathon on the night before a grand final. Of course, they've played the 73 grand final and uh, your son was sort of 
is that really you, Dad, sort of thing? Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was William. He's, he was only a young bloke, and he looked at it, and his eyes were getting big. He said, is that you? <laughs> but it, it did... Um, he did do what he was told for a little while. <laughs> he was mad. <laughs> Had no problems with him behaviour-wise the no, next couple of weeks, no, Barbie. Yeah. Trash got taken out, the dishes got done, and the uh, lawns got mowed. Every, everyone's a winner. Exactly. Mate, uh, just uh, going over some of that time with uh, Ricky McLean, you guys kicked 110 goals for the season between you. Uh, you would have terrorised a few uh, backmen during that time. Yeah, I think we probably did, yes. Um, no, we did have a couple of good years together, but he's a, he's a great mate, Ricky. We, I really got on well with him. He was, uh, and again, yeah, we both we, we won the goal kicking be, between ourselves with 55 goals each. So that's a lot of goals. And of course, the 70, so the grand final where you, you lost the, the goal-a-thon effectively, where you kicked, where the, grand, oh, yeah. the score yeah. you, Richmond kicked in 72 would have won the grand final, I think. I think it was some, every other year. Yeah, it was, it was, was a record higher score. Yeah, <laughs> which was beat. just crazy <laughs> in terms of yeah. some twenty was it twenty seven or twenty two some ridiculous stat and all that. But no, then they kicked twenty. They kicked twenty eight nine, and we kicked twenty two eight. Yeah, twenty two. Yeah. We've lost, mm-hmm. and so but yeah. seventy three. Then, in terms of the the retribution and just okay, we're not going to let this slip. So the rivalry between Carlton and Richmond at that stage for the number one spot was pretty was pretty incredible overall as well too. Oh no, it was. I mean, they were a terrific club, and I got nothing but respect for them. They were wonderful, but they were um, they knocked us off in '72. We didn't defeat. We we didn't take our defence seriously enough. I didn't think, and we genuinely all committed ourselves to the fact that we weren't going to let it happen again. And which is probably why we behaved the way we did, or certainly I behaved the way I did, um, because we we just weren't going to give them another shot at it. And in those days, um, you, you sort of got away with a lot more things. The umpire, yeah. there was only one umpire, and there was, you know, there was, you know, they they could have it on the footage, but that that was never taken into account later on. So you got away with a lot of things. So, and we felt that. Well, I felt that I needed to impose myself on the opposition, and I did a couple of, you know, pretty unpleasant things in a way. But that was the way I thought I had to do what I had to do for my team and my mates. But um, now, we, and '73 was uh, really a powerful year, and uh, and we won again in '74 as well. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah. So you're a dual premiership player by the age of 22 as well, Barmy. So you, you know, I think people there are forgetting that. You were still a kid to a large extent, especially as a big man and uh, big man, and had, you know, had obviously a very, very successful time already, Barmy, sort of thing. Yeah, so I mean, the, the sad thing for me as a player is that I finished at twenty-seven because yeah. my knees were buggered, but there was a, it was hard work. But because we had one a crazy pre-season in '79, uh, where they made us run up these crazy hills and that finished me <laughs> finished me forever. I don't think I've run since. <laughs> or no, a little bit. Played a couple of games for the, the mighty uh, Redlegs, yes, but uh, not that yes. many, yeah. That's, uh, we'll, 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 we'll get, get to, to that. that. We'll yep. get to that. Don't worry about that. Um, 77, was 77 Did you where you came runner-up in the BNF? Did, did you think that was your best year overall? Yeah, so I played the, played the best that I'd played and uh, had a you know consistent season. I rucked the whole time and uh, no, I, I, I did play pretty well that year. I, was, I started to 
break down a bit after that 78. I still played reasonably well, but I was battling in 79. I only played a couple of games. My knees were gone. So, But no, 77 was probably my best year. I'd worked very hard off the field to get myself a lot fitter as well. I was, you know, I virtually ran every bloody day of my life with uh, Johnny Tolman, who was a, um, a professional athletic runner and lots of quite a few players trained with him at the Caulfield race course. So I just ran and ran and ran, which um, I didn't love all that much, but I had to do it. So the other thing so fascinating that gave, that gave me a good a good background for seventy seven. Yeah, fascinating bit about that, Barmy was quite where I've read it in Dan Eddy's book, and that was how many of you were you all from different clubs. You, so imagine oh, yeah, that nowadays yeah. training yeah. together. Well, yeah. no way in the world does that happen nowadays. Gosh. So. Oh, no, but Joey Tolman was a terrific guy. Um, he had a uh, sports shop down at Heidelberg and he was, uh, you know, ath- athletic runner from a long time. And, and there were, there was Len Thompson and Desi Tudnam and uh, uh, I think Barry Goodingham and even McNolan trained with us for a while and uh, quite, a, quite a few others. It was, uh, no, it was good fun. Uh, it was and Sam Kekovich and I was good mates with all of them, actually, as it turned out. Now, now during that period, did you get to play any State of, or- state of Origin? Well, I played in the first ever State of Origin game for WA. Yeah, yeah. seventy-seven, I reckon, which mm. uh, which we we smashed uh, the Victoria from memory. But yeah. um, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I just saw I saw the old jumper the other day. I think I've got that somewhere. That's the only bit of uh, memorabilia I've got. But I <laughs> I found that running around. So uh, I'm not surprised with you, Barmy, that that wouldn't be your strength to to hang on to gear and know where it was and all that sort of well, thing. Well, I, I got no idea. I got I got no Richmond jumpers, no nothing. I just happened <laughs> to be looking the other day, uh, yesterday, and I found this um, uh, Western Australian uh, jumper. So um, I might sell that one day. You never know. Put it in a frame. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so. Um, you have a couple of other points with the Richmond side of things. On the negative side of it, like Richmond, where where it was almost bloodletting, and and like as we spoke talking about Brian Wood getting a phone call from another club and him going, "Well, how in the hell have you got my number?" Well, Graham Richmond gave it to me, and things like that with losing Reigns and Cloak and Richmond, sort of they really managed to end that era a lot earlier than it should have due to their own. Stupidity, almost incompetence. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt we did lose that way. We lost respect to the individual within it, which was, um, I mean, GR had been wonderful. He'd sort of set the whole thing up in the sixties and the early seventies, putting the teams together, etc. But in the end, it was just a little bit over the top, ruthless. I mean, you know, we just lost players that we shouldn't have lost. I mean, Brian Wood is the easiest bloke in the world to manage. And, He's a good player. You know, Rainsy, Rainsy was Rainsy could have been the best player we ever had. And, uh, mm. you know, David Cloak, God, he, 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 he's not hard to manage, but I'm not even sure how it all happened. I think I think they probably got offers from other clubs and they went to the club and said, oh, look, I've got an offer. What should I do? And I think we treated it as a that was just being disloyal. You know, yeah. go to bugger, you go to the other club, um, and then and we, you know we'd already sold Brian Roberts and um, and Jacko and uh, Teaser to South Melbourne for yeah. Johnny Pature and all that sort of stuff. And we're saying, well, you know, where, where's the where's the mateship here? We 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 belong to each other. We're you know you, you shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. And it, it's it's certainly I think they certainly went mad and then. For a long, long time, Richmond struggled to overcome it because when in in footy, it's very much about people looking after each other and caring for each other. And if the uh, organisation doesn't, 
automatically the players won't. Because yeah. if you don't give someone something, they won't give it back. And I reckon that's what we lost. And it took a long time to recover it. But fortunately, they finally they finally did in 17. And we've won a few couple of flags since then. And all, it's all pretty good. They're, we're in a really good place culturally now. But we had a long time when we were struggling. Is that a case of a lot of the Victorian clubs still thinking old ways rather than embracing the new and the change? No, I think uh, all clubs uh, have really embraced the change and they're very much about looking after people and caring about them and caring about their culture and doing the right things. It's uh, very little of the just do what you're bloody told nowadays. It's, uh, they've, they've genuinely come along. They've all come a long way. I've got no doubt whatsoever, particularly you know, I talk to most of them and you know, certainly I went to um, Collingwood and we battled a little bit with it, but it wasn't too bad. And Geelong was very much thinking that way. Um, and certainly uh, Richmond was as well and even more so now. So I, th- I think nearly all the clubs are very much about how to look after people. But And you still have to make the hard decisions. There are times when you have to sell players and there are times you have to make decisions on that and you need to do that. Uh, but mostly it's about encouragement and help and support rather than just, you know, do what you're bloody told. or If you don't do what you're told, you're out of here sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, we, we, no, they've, they've genuinely come a long way. Now, Barmy, on some influences on you, I, I've always found Barry Richardson's role with you in your career fascinating. And just give us some other big influences there. And, you know, obviously Barry Richardson was part of how you ended up at Nord as well. Yeah, well, Bones has always been a great mate. Um, we've, we've always thought the same way about footy. There's another way. There's more to it than, uh, than than Tommy thought and a few of other things. So he's he's been a big influence and he's still a very good friend. Um, but I was very lucky that um, as a reasonably young bloke, I was appointed by Norwood to coach them. And it was a huge risk from their point of view because – they all thought I was mad. <laughs> well, no, all the people thought, well, you know, this sort of play is crazy. Um, but as it turns out, I wasn't actually. And then they, and it was the most, it was the best thing I've ever done going to Norwood because I was also my kind of intellectually, I, I sort of knew what footy was about, but I was also still prepared to learn. Yeah. And there's no doubt that South Australia had a different view on footy and particularly um, the great, the Wally Millers yeah. and the, even the Johnny Wins and that sort of stuff had a different view on how it was played. And I was, rather than just coming in as coach and saying, go to Bogery and do what you're told, I wanted to learn what they, what they had to teach me. Um, and Wally's been an enormous influence over, you know, my footy thinking uh, and Winnie as well, and even you know Glenn Rosser and, and Bruce Winter to a degree, and Stas. yeah, lots of yeah. lots of and Stas particularly, yeah. So it was um, lots of them really helped me enormously. I mean, because I would always remember there's a beautiful line that um, Tommy Hayter used to come over and play in the Australian Championships in '73 uh, yep. four or whatever, and Tommy was interviewed one day, and they said, well, "What do you think about Adelaide, Tommy?" And he said, "Oh, beautiful place, Adelaide." He said, "But there are a lot of South Australians here." <laughs> Which meant that we yeah. we all thought that South Australians didn't think differently, and they did. But they a lot of it was very positive in the footy because it really it went to the next step. I mean, the the Jack Odie thinking and all that sort of stuff was a real was a, a step above what people in Melbourne were doing in a way. And I was lucky enough to sort of um, recognise that and get to learn from it through through the Wallies and the Winnies and Stazers and that of the world. So. 
I, I was very lucky because it, it gave me a different view of footy. Oh, look, I, mean, when... I still had still had the, the Richmond take on it. I still had the competitive take. I still had all that. But there's a different way of doing it. Do you give a handball? Do you, you know, where do you go? What position do you take? And all that sort of stuff. There's a lot. There's a lot to learn out of what they did in SA. Oh, look, and I thought it was fascinating too. Where it was a night in the Red Lease Club, you know, with your appointment, and you know, it's what in the hell have Nord done? They've appointed, you know, Neil Baum. That, that was in you know, 1980, that, wasn't 1980, it? 1980, yep. yep. They appointed that. Th- well, I probably, because I was lucky enough uh, that Wally had organised Alan Killigrew to coach us at Nord High. So Wally had turned up, was there every Saturday, and, and I was already doing things at Nord then, raffle-wise and helping out, so I knew Wally anyway. But I thought, well, hang on, Wally's appointed this Neil Baum guy. He can't be that crazy and all that. And honestly, that night, yeah, there was trepidation in the room. But Barmy, you won over people pretty quick. Your personal side, and it was pretty early on that everyone thought, "Yep, yeah, this guy's okay." Oh, look! Funnily enough, Killer coached me for a while at Subi, as it turned out, and I sort of knew him all. But um, well, yeah, it was a, it was a risk that the club had taken. But um, certainly, um, I know Sheeds and. Um, and Barry Richardson had both spoken to Nord at the time, and they'd both recommended me to uh, to Wally, etc., as a reasonable bloke to to do the job. So I had a few people in the corner who were looking after me. I'd, I'd not really thought about coaching at all. I thought I'm just going to work like a normal person now. But I was really, I mean, really loved the fact that I was um, able to coach uh, Nord, and I came here and we started our own business. You know that business that I'd worked for in Melbourne as well, and it was, yep. I don't know how we did it. I, I ran a, we finished up running a factory with 60 or 70 people working for us, and I ran a footy club, or no, coached a footy club, and had a family. I don't know how, how the hell <laughs> did we do it in those days, but it was wonderful. I, I re- really um, loved my time at um, in Adelaide, and particularly at uh, at the Nord Footy Club. And I think in 1982, Barmy, let's, you know, we didn't start well, but as you said, you were prepared to listen and it was. It was, you know, Bruce and Stazza and that guy, well, Barmy, we, ha- we haven't got a Royce Hart at St. R4. We've got to change things up a bit here. And from there, I think everyone forget that Nord came home like a train and we were bloody unlucky. You know, Hugo getting injured at work of all places when he was having a, a really good, strong year, especially at the end. Um, you know, we end up with having to play a kid, Nick Walker, in the ruck against a bloody strong port side in the grand final where we come from the elimination final and uh, we 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 were and Michael Taylor played one of the great individual games uh, you know where he took Russell Ebert to the cleaners we nearly got up in that in that GF yeah oh, you know, yeah absolutely we did, did a great job but uh, Kingo was wonderful wasn't he he was uh, oh. One, he gave you absolutely everything, but um, he was a beautiful guy, lovely fellow. But uh, and it was interesting too because they, you know, he he came to me and said, "Oh, the Melbourne teams want me to come. What should I do?" And everyone said, "Oh, we got to keep him." I said, "Well, no, mate, it's good for you. Let's let's go and do it." So I think I set that up as well that you know that people realised that I wasn't just there for us yeah. and me. Well, we we were there for them. We we wanted the individuals to, you know, if they got get something out of it, let's help them. I mean. Kingo goes and plays in Melbourne, and that doesn't help us at Nord, but it does in ultimately because he's one of ours. Yeah, and you know, we've got to look after him. We've got to help him. And all of our kids know that we're going to help them. We're going to help them do what's good for them rather than just what's good for us. For us so, yeah. 
yeah. yeah, I think I was kind of ahead of my time in a little, a little, little way about that. I, I accepted. Um, let, let's look after the people rather than just look after the organisation. And then, of course, eighty-one, the unluckiest and weirdest game of football in where at quarter time in the prelim final against you could actually feel the wind changing. <laughs> it, it was unreal that it changed exactly at the quarter time break. It, no, it, was, it was bizarre. It was awful, <laughs> was awful wasn't it? But, yeah, but that's uh, Footy Park uh, for you, though. Oh. Yeah, it's, that would happen down at West Lakes. There, it was a weird game. Yeah, no, it was. But that's yeah, you know, that's all part of it. You got to learn from all that. Unfortunately, we we're able to uh, do a couple of things yeah. the next year, and um, we're very proud of what we did in '82. I must. Yeah, say. yeah, no, it was. And we came home in '82 where we were convincingly the best side. Look, the qualifying final. Yeah, you know, everyone forgets that we were down in that last quarter in the qualifying final, and the uh, Keith Thomas. A left-handed handball to to Turbs and and things like that. So, yeah. And then in okay, we'll jump forward a little bit. In '84, uh, the first semi against Centrals, we were nearly three goals down at the 22-minute mark and came home. So, as Nord supporters, I think we always thought we under oh we underachieved a bit what we had. And we should have won more flags. And as I've got older, I've gone. Well, hang on, we actually got up in those two and. I think we're forgetting how bloody strong the competition was and the other sides were. I, you know, I, I reckon I've mellowed a bit and thought of been a bit more realistic about everything in that regard. Barmy, as I've got older and and paid the North Adelaide and Glenelg sides the, and the Port sides the respect we should have really, you know, in time as oh, a yeah, supporter. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very we're very selfish in the way we think. We only think <laughs> think our own way, but um, oh well, we also know that. To win a to win a flag or to win a final even is a wonderful effort because it's everyone's doing their best they're they're putting everything in and it's very hard to predict who's any good and who's not but um, we always believe in ourselves pretty strongly so um, we always had some chance but um, now we did some great stuff I was uh, very proud of my time at Norwood I must admit the uh, eighty four obviously year um, obviously didn't go as planned you'd like to be doing a little bit better and when when did you get a bit of a sense that things were Starting to change and and go in your favour and and then really carried all the way through to the grand final. Oh, I'm I'm terrible. I think we're going to win every week always. <laughs> so I'm over positive. But um, I mean, it's it's so far back that I can't really recall the the uh, real detail of it all. But um, I just know that just a little bit by bit by bit we were believing in ourselves a little bit more. It was a oh, it was a wonderful, exciting time. It was wonderful to get up that year. I must admit, but. I can't quite recall all the, the simplicity of it and the, the uh, intricacies of it, but um, oh, I can, it's something to be proud of. Well, it's, it's a pretty special year. I mean, considering, um, you know, he'd been there in 82 and disappointment of 83 and then coming from fifth in 84, I mean, there's just oh, got to be wonderful. so yeah, many wonderful. wonderful memories with so many wonderful players during that period. Oh, it certainly was. It certainly was. We... Uh, that was one of the good things about it. I think um, the relationship between the, the coaches and the players in those days that the boys did take responsibility. They said, yes, it's our turn and let's go. So uh, it was uh, wonderful, really, really quite oh, wonderful. And, and, you know, some of the good fun times we had, and, you know, like I'd never forgotten the day of the Red Leafs Club where Winnie noticed Ashley Porter in the corner and Winnie, Winnie's, got, Winnie's thrown the clipboard or something on the ground and he said, I've had a Gutsful, bloody bears going to port, 
and he walked, stormed out, and he all he did was walk around the corner to the other door in the blue room, and Porter was walked out, and on the back page of the news on the Monday, button to port, and Winnie just pissed himself. Yeah, as we know, Winnie's one of the great practical jokers, and he just stitched someone else up again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't mind doing that, but uh, oh, he's a. I, I was lucky that um, as a kid, I barracked for West Perth in uh, WA, and Winnie played for West yep. Perth, so I remember the. The great JF Wynn playing from then, and then all of a sudden I come back to Norwood and he's there. He was, uh, and we're still bloody good friends. He's a, a lovely person, a great man. Now, man a, bit, a bit mad, a bit mad uh, in, the, in the best in a calculating way. way. Yes, yes. Yeah, very good. Now, he's wonderful. Now it'd be remiss if we didn't uh, make mention of the '84 Grand Final, the opening bounce, or the uh, <laughs> the national anthem. Um, now let. Uh, myself and probably Malcolm already probably knows this, uh, but let the listeners in. Was it a bit of a preconceived plan that you were going to ruffle a few, few feathers of Port Adelaide just to put them off their game a little bit? Well done, Ian Stasinowski oh, we, and Greg Nicholson. Yes. Well, we, we did want to do that, but it was more it was Stas more than anybody else because he'd played on Timmy Evans so many times. Um, so he's he's he spent all week with Craig explaining to him, you know, what he might say about whether he had sex with his sister or whatever he said. I don't know what he said. But, oh, I don't mean that, but you know what I mean. Yep. Um, and so clearly um, Craig's sort of been well planned and Staz is there, he's happy with it. And um, and for the first time ever, they've had everyone in position when the poor girl's trying to sing the Advanced Australia Fair and they're, they're blowing in the gold square, was over, and then the cameras come on to me, and I'm smirking. Smiling, and they yes. Assume, <laughs> they're assuming that I actually set it all up, but I actually didn't. But I would have if I had a name. I think the other so, bit too uh, that we were a sport, we're going. Well, he is Barmy's brother. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, so what will we... Craig do here? So there was <laughs> there was trepidation there, thinking and all that. But honestly, Craig just did it very well, and. You know, readily admitted where he said, "Well, hang on, I'm standing a, a superstar. I, I, I had to do, I had to do something, something for my own libertar." And he just sucked him in beautifully. Doesn't get any bigger than oh, that. Well, does and it? Tim got reported for striking him. Yeah, out, so that was yeah, we, we felt even better. <laughs> and and the first ten minutes of that game were just unbelievable football from both sides. But oh yeah, I think the whole game was. Well, the whole game was, yeah, but was, the first ten yeah, minutes just had that intensity that just typified a Norwood Port rivalry. Was it a little bit like that between Richmond and Carlton and Richmond and Collingwood or Oh yeah, no, there is. I mean there's always that. It's um it's wonderful really. Um you know, it was certainly Richmond and Carlton, we were very much uh, we we used to beat Collingwood most of the time, so we felt happy with that, but Carlton were much more challenging than uh, than that. Um yeah, you know, all sides are hard to beat, but um you love playing against some, and I think um, the Norwood Port stuff will always be a wonderful part of a, a wonderful part of South Australian footy. Were you aware of that uh, rivalry before before you took on Norwood as coach as a coach? Oh no, really, I didn't know much about SA footy at all. No, but it didn't take long to find out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I've always loved the way where Barmy, you've stuck up for South Australian footy. You know, Barmy Barmy used to be with on a spot with Kevin Bartlett on a. Friday morning, and I rang up once and said, oh, Barmy, how would you compare uh, the late Jim Teal, uh, the late great Jim Teal, and Craig Kelly as players? And Barmy's replied, well, 
Malcolm, you're probably better qualified than me. You've seen more. I've said, well, I consider Jim Till the better player. And Barmy's gone, yeah, well, so do I. And within about 10 minutes, the switchboard's full. With, you're like, How could you say that? And, you know, he's a Collingwood Premiership centre-half back, and Barmy's gone, you know, I know it'll shock a lot of you Victorians out there, but there were a hell of a lot of good footballers in South Australia who could have played VFL footy and didn't and, and that. And I still say that Nord side in general back then and several other South Australian sides at that stage would have been more than competitive in the VFL. We, we probably just lacked the Tatler Tall guys and maybe a little bit of depth on the list. But overall, you know, that we would have been more than competitive. Oh, no doubt. I mean, people like uh, McIntosh and Ace and Teal oh. and Warhurst even, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We had some, you know, King A obviously went across and played. But, um, oh, well, Ned was one of ours too. Kelly was yeah. one of ours too, Tony obviously. Francis, yeah, remember, we, I convinced him not to go to Port Adelaide and come to us. Yeah, wonderful. that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because his dad yeah. played for Oh, no. They're, they're, uh, SA footy was always very strong. There's no doubt. I, uh, and, again, you know, I, I was living it, so I loved it, I must admit, yeah. And then, so, 11 years at Nord, finals in every in every year, Barmy. You then uh, went and uh, was the inaugural coach of the Woodville and West Torrens club combined. And, you know, Darcy Evans makes the point that you were the perfect person for that role because it did need a, a really good communicator to get those two clubs together. And... You know, you bit there the cup where Bruce went with you, and then of course Bruce coached a Premiership side there in eighty three in a ninety three. Yep. You know your enjoyment there in terms of Woodville West Torrens as well, Barmy. Spoke with Barmy for a very very good length of time. We're actually going to split that interview into yeah. two yes. uh, because we've gone a little bit over time tonight. Uh, what can you say? Absolute legend of the game, and you know as we mentioned early on, you know again another young player starting his league career at sixteen years of age and. It's still involved with footy now today and making an impact. Oh, look, and it's a great privilege, you know, to get Barmy on it. And look, I spent a fair bit of time with Barmy, and he he's great. He just treats you as an equal, and that. And look, one of the statesmen of the game, uh, legend, awesome bloke. It's a privilege to have called Neil uh, Barmer, mate. You know, I can ring him any time. I generally probably speak to Barmy. If it's not every week, it's every couple of weeks, and then he'll ring me to check on someone over here. And yeah, he he's, he's just a quality person. Absolutely, and for me, first time that I've spoken to Barmy, so it was an absolute pleasure and a highlight for me. Happy days. Happy birthday to Todd Marshall this week. Yeah. Uh, very poignant with uh, him playing, potentially playing in a finals game this weekend. Uh, drafted as a forward in 2016 16, with the 16th selection of the national draft uh, from the Murray Under-18 and Western Sydney University. Yeah, look, and he's someone, massive respect too. Let's remember, he he's still only young. He's lost both his parents with illness and that. Look... He's a bloody good player who's going through some kicking yips at the moment, which is weird because technically he's actually a very good kick of the footy. Um, yeah, so it's strange. Maybe his hip, I understand he's got a fitness test. Mm-hmm. Probably sounds like it might be Saturday morning to decide whether he'll play. Yep. 
Uh, I think he'll be. Na- I think he's going to be named. So yep. we'll just wait and see on that one. Uh, Marshall continued his development as a key forward in Port Adelaide's attack, having a career best year on the park in 2022, finishing the season off as the club's leading goal kicker. He kicked uh, accurate 45 goals and 15 behinds uh, in the year, um, clearing obviously his personal best. But like yeah. you said. Uh, gone from very, very good to a little bit of the yips. So let's hope he can correct that, but let's see if he gets up for this yeah, for, for this final this weekend. It's been strange. It's almost like Ian Baker Finch putting. Yeah, it's been – it's weird. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, good segue into the golf, mate. 1961, yeah. uh, the 61st US Golf Amateur Championships won by Jack Nicholas at the age of 21. Yeah, what a superstar. Yeah, probably the – you know, the, the first charismatic – well – Yep, a bit more out there, yep. Personally, you know, someone you know, young and wow, and so, you know, Greg Norman later on and all that side yes. of things. But, yeah, the blonde bombshell as well. Yeah, superstar. Uh, generational talent, that's for sure. All right, we move into boxing. In 1978, Muhammad Ali beats Leon Spinks in 15 rounds of a heavyweight boxing title. It's Look, I'm not a big boxing man, but I will say... 15 rounds with Muhammad Ali Muhammad, is a yeah, fair, yeah, fair I'd, effort. I'd be driving the other way. might be my one chance in that way. And don't worry, the foot would be on the accelerator. But to be at the G in 98 when Muhammad Ali came out on the ground and the atmosphere and the noise is something... You'll never forget. Yeah, it was unreal. To be in a, a crowd of 100,000 effectively, standing ovation and... Yeah, it was awesome to be there for Absolutely, that. and as we know, Muhammad Ali, one of the all-time legends. Yep. We move on, tennis. 20, uh, 2022 tennis great Roger Federer announces his retirement from professional tennis at the age of 41 with 20 Grand Slam wins and 103 ATP titles. The other thing too, I think there's not anyone who doesn't like Roger Federer, like Jokovic probably isn't as warm and... Uh, and Nadal was a little bit like that, yeah. where he wasn't liked initially, but then, then grew really grew in, yep. into it. But where Federer, I think he had his moments as a youngster he where he did have a few tantrums and that, but he grew on everyone and, yeah. Again, the Mount Rushmore, he's, he's yeah, just he's, one he's of the greats. He's loved as a tennis player, you know. And yeah. so pure. That's, yeah. you know, the stroke, his, his forehands, backhands, just all looked so effortless and... Really took you back to the uh, days of Bjorn Borg, that's for sure. Tell you what, looking at your next one on the running sheet, you can go for it on the names, Pete. All right, uh, 2021, we'll stick with the tennis, uh, considering we had the US Open final this week. Uh, US women's tennis, Emma Raducanu, uh, ends Britain's 44-year wait for a women's Grand Slam singles title, beating Leah Fernandez of Canada, 6-4, the first qualifier to win a major title in the open era. That's a pretty huge yeah, achievement. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, that is it. So you, you think qualifying is probably generally about five rounds. About four or five, five rounds. rounds. And then, so it's effectively 13 or 14 wins on the stre- on the stretch. It's, yeah, pretty incredible it's effort. Pretty, pretty fair effort, that's yeah. for sure. So, um, and, and ending, obviously, uh, Britain's uh, drought in Grand Slam finals as well. So, yeah. Uh, very, very good job to Emma Raducanu. All right, let's move on to the Extra Time Big Finish. Extra Time Big Finish. All right, we start with the SNFL. We did forget to mention it a little bit earlier, but congratulations to Harry Grant from yes. the Central Districts Football Club for his McGarry medal on Monday night. But Nick Rokar coming in very close second. 
I admit I'm very glad he didn't lose by one vote because uh, he only got two votes last round. Jacob Kennelly got three, again. that was the game against the Crows. And, uh, yeah, I can't believe he didn't get the three votes in that game. Look, I've always felt thought it weird as an umpire that an umpire's award's the most prestigious because there's games you walk off as an umpire, you had no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always thought that's weird, but that that's footy. how it is, yep. Um, obviously, uh, some Hall, Hall of Fame inductees, um, Sturton Central District's life member, Daryl Hicks, and yeah. Glenelg great Nick Chigwidden. Yeah, and look, Daryl Hicks is going through some health troubles, uh, dementia and that side of things, and I I knew he, his son-in-law played footy for uni, and I got a message, and his daughter bought a copy of my book for Daryl to try and go back for the past, on yes. the, particularly on the chapters of like Ross Dillon, Roger Woodcock and that sort of thing. So I did go and say hello to Daryl on Sunday and because the Central's guys, I'm not sure if he knows us and we're a bit, I said, no, bugger it, just walk over and say hello. I think his wife really appreciated that. Yep. And, yeah, look, four-time premiership player, Daryl, certainly a legend of the game, you know, huge respect at Central's as well. And it was interesting standing with the Central's guys I could certainly too well and truly see the respect he was had in. So that was actually quite, mm. you know, as a non-dogs person, yes. it was actually an interesting observation. And, look, Nick Chigwidden, yeah, bloody good player, you know, runner-up in a couple of McGarry's and all that. So he's obviously a good player, but it's what he's done off the ground is is been more important. His, Glenelg, his influence on the Glenelg Footy Club when they were struggling big time and him and Keith Coleman and that on the part with the past players and mm-hmm. and others obviously Rexy Voigt, Tony Simons, etc. But he's been a huge influence on uh on Glenelg Footy Club and making sure they're still around and yeah, massive respect as well. Bulldogs uh, trailblazer Sonny Mori uh, and the inaugural South Adelaide chairman Charles Kingston are the latest names to be inducted of the Crow Eaters illustrious I admit, I admit, I'm amazed. I I, I couldn't believe it that Sonny Sonny and Daryl Hicks weren't already in. That was actually quite, oh, wow. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. But, you know, Sonny Moore, first Central's player to 200 games, again, massively respected uh, in the footy world. And, uh, yeah, Mark Schwartz, Swish. uh, Sonny's got a bit of a special spot in uh, Swish's it was Swish and Rabs Douglas and a few of the Centrals, uh, Rab mm-hmm. and Carls and a few of the Centrals boys. So, yeah, rap for Sonny and, yeah, more than, more than overdue. Absolutely. All right, we move on. Cricket, uh, Marnus finally showing a little bit of form. Yeah, we probably Charles Kingston there is, is interesting too is his political side as well and then the first South bit. So it's quite incredible that it's going back right to the start. Yes. To come through now. So it's an interesting one how his name got recommended. I, I think it's great. But oh, but yeah, it's, clubs yeah, it's may need to nominate these yeah, things, I'm not, so I'm it's not very quite sure how that works. I might ch- I'll chase that up, actually. Absolutely. All right, we move on yeah. to cricket. Uh, Manus finally showing a little bit of form. Yeah, isn't it funny? Yet again, he comes back in as the concussion substitute, just how effectively he started his test run, gets 80, then 100 in the next game. Yeah, so it's, it's um, incredible how his career works in that way. <laughs> it's almost like he... Gets that little bit of a break, uh, sort of releases the shackles a little bit, comes back in and starts playing some very, very good cricket. Uh, Australia's one-day international starting to gain a little bit of momentum, leading the series 2-1. But another batting collapse this morning. Um, 
really hurt the Aussies, and this seems to be their Achilles heel where they yeah. are losing wickets in the middle order. A little bit, but they were chasing 300 and plenty, 300 and plenty so you need sort of everything to go go well at that stage. And look, they did get away. They were one for 100 odd, and look, today, if you bat properly from here, you should get up. So it was a yeah, bizarre run out with David, David Warner where his go. foot, his boot came off. Yep. Yeah, so that was strange. Yeah, look, but again, I'm just another. I'd like to see Alex Carey get some runs. Yes, he, you know that's probably Kes needs a bit at the moment. But it's another one. Just, just hurry up, get to the one day World Cup. We, yep, yeah, fair call. Yeah. No, no yeah. worries. Uh, AFL uh, Razor Ray to miss the finals due to a back injury because of the bounce. I knew you'd need like this one. Yeah, look, at, I admit as an umpire, and look, and yeah, okay, I wasn't good at it and all that, but I've always thought it's ridiculous that why have we got a skill in the game that has nothing to do with the game that you've got to have to perfect to umpire it? You know, have you ever left a game of footing on shit, how good were the bouncing yeah, today? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Just throw the bloody thing up. Absolutely. Uh, we'll stick with the AFL. Some trade requests. Yeah. Uh, we haven't heard too much from the Crows yet. Um, I'm assuming that's because of their SNFL side still being in the finals. Yeah. There may be Maybe. something that needs to happen there, but I'm sure they're working behind the scenes. But Port Adelaide, a uh, couple of trade requests. Um, Zerk Thatcher officially trade uh, asked for a trade from Essendon to Port Adelaide. And uh, Jordan Sweet has asked to go to Port as well. From the Bulldogs. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, they're in demand a bit at the moment. Port's interesting. And, um, but yeah. on the flip side of that, we find out today that Brody Grundy looks like he's going to nominate uh, Sydney as his preferred destination and not Port Adelaide. Can't work out why he didn't do that this year. I still can't understand why he went to Melbourne where they've already got Gorn, where Grundy is a first ruck, a first ruck or a first yep. ruck. So it was that was bizarre. Yeah. I think the lifestyle sort of yeah. suited Grundy a little bit more than coming back to the fishbowl of Adelaide, although Melbourne can be quite a, a fishbowl. But then again, at the same time, there's a million teams there as well. So, yeah, very interesting to see that Grundy has chosen Sydney as probably his preferred destination. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to find out that in the next day or two. All right, yep. we'll go back to tennis. Um, Simona Halep has been officially uh, rubbed out for four, four years. years yep. Uh, through her doping ban, which yeah. we did sort of allude to a few weeks ago. We weren't sure how that was at. Uh, we do now know that uh, that is going to happen. And Arrivals come out and said that, well, my Wimbledon title should be awarded to me. Uh, my runners-up should be awarded as a winner. It's hard to argue with, too. It's like Raylene Boyle as well. and you know, we're, uh, Lance Armstrong. Yeah. Raylene was a guest speaker at Nord one night. And I actually wasn't at all. Went like, and, yeah, ended up. Chatting to her and yeah, um, you can't. It's hard to argue. It is hard to argue. It's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. All right, uh, as we do each week, a little bit of fun to finish off. Uh, trade, resign, and retire. I've got Adam Trelaw, Jared Lyons, and Cam Guthrie. I'll retire Jared Lyons. I'll resign Cam Guthrie and Adam Trelaw. Why not send him to a fourth club? <laughs> Why not? Uh, he might end up at Brisbane. He was yeah. seen up at the Gabba, yeah. but he's good mates with uh, Dunkley. So uh, it's always going to happen that they're going to support each other. Uh, for me, I can't argue. They're, they're the same three that I came up with as well. So we're on the same page there. Yeah. All right, and we finish off uh, the good, the bad, the ugly from this week, mate. We'll start off with the good. Good in turn was the competitiveness of the final series. Enjoy, enjoyed that. Um 
you know, probably I think the Hall of Fame inductees is a is a SA footy nut. Yep. The surprise a couple of them weren't already in yep. was great as well. Look, for mine, the ugly bit was the farcical bit of the of Maynard. I don't believe he should have even gone to the tribunal. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness common sense happened. But yeah, I I will say the bad for the week for mine is and I'm really worried about for mine it was Laura Kane grandstanding and wanting to be noticed and trying too hard and yeah I I'm worried that she doesn't get it and just is what looking way out of her depth. Yep. Fair cool. Uh my good for the week was the uh AFL final starting but the crowds uh yeah, to sell out uh both uh, MCG nights uh was unreal. I mean you've got some powerhouse teams there but Crowd still turned up, uh, even up in um, Brisbane there. They packed the joint as well. Uh, I'm assuming that this weekend here in Adelaide there won't be a, uh, a seat left in the house either. So Liam Robinson from Nor uh, went along and he said the noise when Carlton's last goal, he says the loudest noise you know, he ever heard. Well, said, we've had to wait 10 years, mate. Yeah, but I did, I did say, well, surely when uh, number 26, which is him, obviously, yes. kicked the winning goal against Port, that it was louder, and he laughed at that. And I said, well, I'm sure the scoreboard was louder. And he replied back, there's no doubt about that, Malcolm. <laughs> Fair call. Yeah. Uh, my bad for the week was probably the tribunal sort of being yeah. a bit up in the air, yeah. uh, a bit like you, that um, you know, a football collision is a football collision. Yeah, all right, it didn't look good. But you've got to take into account some of those um, uh, nuances of the game that have been around, and we did talk about it with Barmy, that have been yep. around for 168 years or however long it's been. It's very hard to change that as well. As I said, the intent is totally is different. You're not there in a smother to hurt so It was just an accident. I, I don't understand how anyone can't see that person. And my ugly for the week is probably one of the better umpires not being available for the finals because of a back injury because he can't bounce the ball, which is unfortunate. I I think Razor at times does grandstand a little bit, but at yeah. the same time he is a very, very good umpire. And I, like to I have hate, him available. I get that, yeah. but I hate when he puts himself in before the game and that's yeah. where he loses, mate. Yeah, fickle. Yeah. All right, mate, it's been a huge episode. Uh, once again, we uh, spoke with Barmy for a very, very good length of time. We're actually going to split that interview into yeah, two yes. uh, because we've gone a little bit over time tonight. Um, but we do thank Barmy for his time. Uh, we probably could have talked for another hour, to be honest What with a you. privilege to have Barmy. Yeah, we spoke to him for probably 80-odd minutes in the end. What a privilege. Absolutely. And um, once again, as per usual, we promise to do better next week. Thanks, bye. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.